Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Okay, this week we have another sort of conversation I've had recently in with my coaching clients. Uh, seems to be trending that way lately. Uh, not sorry, because we are having some great one-on-one conversations. Um, but this one has to do with the relationship, I guess I'll say, between being nervous and being excited. And there is a relationship there. Um, They may not feel the same to you or you may not logically think they are the same, but your body does. Um, What it turns out that our brains that, you know, especially the part of our brain that is responsible for the involuntary stuff, which is like blood flow and, you know, breathing, heartbeat, hormone production, things like that, really does kind of the same thing thing to us, to our physiology, when we get either nervous or when we get excited, all right? And what that is includes, um, you know, moving blood flow differently, right? So taking blood flow away from things like your stomach, i.e. butterflies, or even your brain or your head, headaches, um, and moving it to your bigger muscles, right? Like those needed to run away from said bear, right? Um, And so it also increases your breathing. It increases your heart rate. Your breathing might get shallower. It floods your system with hormones. Um, It does a bunch of stuff, basically. And we've talked about this on other episodes, so this isn't news. But the thing is, is when you get excited, a lot of those same things happen, if not all of them. It diverts blood flow. I don't know. Maybe it assumes you need to dance instead of run away from a bear. You need to break out into dance. Um, But your breathing could get, you know, shallower. Your heartbeat could break faster. Like, think about it. If you're like walking into like a surprise party or something, or like you're anticipating something, or even if you're watching a friend do a run and like she's down to like the last piece of the run and you're kind of holding your breath or like your heart's going crazy, that's excitement right? I mean, maybe you're a little nervous for her. Maybe that wasn't the perfect example, but um, you're excited, okay? And what's so interesting is in terms of mindset and in terms of managing our nerves and performing at our best, we need to figure out how to take advantage of that, okay? And how to take advantage of when we feel nervous to rename it as excitement. Like that's a real thing. Like it's a real thing to be able to tell yourself, oh, I'm not nervous, I'm actually excited. And there's a few things that we're going to unpack here. And so, um, but it all comes off of that main point. So I want you to remember that as sort of the core of this conversation, because we're going to kind of go off in a couple different directions, but always off of this core idea that your nerves and your excitement feel a lot the same in the body. Okay. 
Now, when we go to nerves, and let's say you're a person who, when you get nervous, you start to feel like your stomach starts to feel icky, right? Okay, just, you know, you just don't feel, you don't even want to eat. That coffee you had in the morning isn't hitting right. Um, You just, you don't, I mean, I know a lot of people who don't eat until after they run, for instance, right? And you just, your your stomach, you're you're a person who feels their nerves in in your stomach. Okay, what's happening is, is your blood flow has been diverted away from your stomach and your digestion because your brain, your amygdala decided it was, best needed elsewhere. Okay. Well, sometimes when we get excited, we feel it in the same place. So I would ask you to think about like, where do you feel excitement? Do you feel it in your stomach as well? And so that is useful to us because what happens is, is when we start to feel the physical feelings of being, you know, sick to our stomachs, maybe, or like butterflies gone awry, what starts to happen is we start to fear the fear right? Or we start to fear the feeling. So someone that has a really bad nervous stomach might really fear the feeling of that because they, you know, need proximity to restrooms becomes an issue, right? Or, you know, the the people who throw up before they run, okay? Um, And those are extremes, but, um, you know, those are real. Like I know, like know lots of people who do that. Uh, maybe not a lot, <laughs> but I know people who do that, right? So what starts to happen is we get afraid to be, to feel like that because we know, oh my God, my stomach's going to be a mess. Or in another instance, I know, I have a client who um, she doesn't want to get that nervous because she doesn't think clearly and she knows she doesn't think clearly. And again, that's the blood flow redirecting away from the frontal cortex part of the brain and diverting it to other areas that might need it more. So the amygdala thinks anyway, right? And so what we start to do is we start to develop a fear of the fear, right? Or even a fear of the excitement because we don't want to feel that way again. And and we know logically when we're, you know, in a in a normal state, we know that feeling that way isn't helpful. It isn't productive. It doesn't help us cue. It isn't, you know, in any way constructive, you know, forgetting the course or forgetting what we're doing. Or, I mean, I've had one client who like has used the words, I'd like black out. She's like, I can't tell you anything about the run. All right. So those are extreme moments. But what happens is, is then you start to fear that happening. You're not even afraid to walk in the ring anymore, necessarily. You're afraid of that happening and then the dominoes that come out of it. Okay. And so when we think about performance anxiety, some of it comes from or compounds, maybe is the right word, when we have, we feel nervous, we walk into the ring, we do poorly. Well, then the next time we feel nervous and we walk into the ring and we do poorly, well, sure, by the third time, your body's like, well, this is not going to be fun because the fact that my stomach feels this way means I'm not going to do well. And that's not true. There are plenty of people who feel all those feelings or maybe even get headaches, but learn how to manage that and are able to perform. And then eventually, guess what? They don't start to feel those, those physical sensations as much, all right? So what we want to do is we want to break that pattern, all right? We want to make sure that you aren't being afraid to be afraid, right? And by afraid, you know, it's the ring nerves, right? We don't want you to be nervous to be nervous, basically, is what we're saying, okay? Um, I want you to be confident, of course, um, but mostly 
I want you to be confident in your ability to regulate your nerves. Okay, because you need to feel in control of this. You can't, it's, it's not productive. It's not helpful to feel like that this is something you're not in control of, that it just happens. And that somehow you're at the mercy of these feelings every time you go to a trial or maybe even a certain venue or maybe a big event. Okay, so we want to put you back in control, right? If you can, if we can get you to feel confident, that's, that's the goal. But mostly first, let's just get you feeling like you are in control. All right. So one of the things that I want you to realize is I want you to really own the fact and really trust me and science (laughs) that fear and excitement are the same in the body. So that when you start to feel, you know, overwhelmed or tingly or sick to your stomach or have a headache or any of those things that normally remind you of being nervous, I want you to ask yourself, ooh, could this be excitement? Could this be excitement? And some of you are rolling your eyes and you're going, nope, it's nerves. I got it. I, I know it. I don't have to ask. I know it. Okay. All right. I hear you. Um, but we're still going to walk through this and I'm going to still help you. Um, but also, I want you to think about times you've got an excitement. Maybe you're excited to go to a trial and maybe you're nervous too, but you're also excited. Um, and where you feel that in your body. Like, how do you feel when you feel excited, right? For me, excited and nervous feel a lot the same. I feel very disconnected. Um, I feel very mm, the opposite of grounded, right? I almost feel like I have to remind myself that like my feet are actually touching the ground. I feel very like flighty almost, like just really disconnected. I feel like I'm out there and the world is happening like below me almost, you know? And so I realize, but I feel that way when I'm excited too, right? Kind of like a kid skipping, you know, to through the last day of school or something. And um, so I feel that same kind of disconnected or not grounded, ungrounded. I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of grounded is, Um, but I feel that. And so we have to remember that, that we have to be able to step back, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We have to be able to step back and be able to analyze it and be able to really realize what part of it is excitement and what part of it is nerves. Because I imagine that for most of us, if we are able to do that, really pull the strings apart and really parse out what is excitement and what is nerves, that most of us are really happy and excited to be at a trial. Like, right? Like whatever your chosen venue is and wherever you are, you're happy to be there. This is, we do this to have fun, remember, <laughs> right? We, we qualify for big events because it's fun and we want to push ourselves or we go to just the local weekend trial or we run our novice dog for the very first time. There is excitement in that. There is joy and fun and desire and all of these things that are all positive, okay? And sometimes when we start to feel the feeling, we, our mind says, oh my God, I must be nervous. Oh my God, I'm going to screw up because every time I'm nervous, I screw up. So you see how the associations that we build can be negative instead of building a positive association, right? So now sometimes when I'm at the gate and I start to feel the ungrounded feelings or I start to feel sort of disconnected or like I'm not really in my shoes, I look at my dog because I want to reconnect. I look at my dog and I say, you know what? 
I don't know if I'm excited or I don't know if I'm nervous. Um, and I bring them into the moment. I bring them into the conversation. It helps me reconnect to them. And it helps me sort of get the words out of my mouth of how I am feeling. And by labeling them, they sort of lose power. And it reminds me to, you know, wiggle my toes in my shoes or, you know, really go back through my ritual, you know, sort of those last moments of connection with my dog, take a deep breath and remind myself of my process goals, right? So what I have done is I have reinvented this physical trigger I have in my body, right? That says, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, good. Oh my God, bad. I don't know. It's just, oh my God. So now when I feel the, oh my God, I don't give it a chance to turn into nerves. I instead let it be a reminder, think of like a handling reminder that I need to ground myself in my rituals. So I've created a new association with that feeling. Okay. So no more is that feeling left to just run rampant and decide what it is it wants to be. I put myself in a position where I can let that physical cue remind me to do my rituals, ground myself, take a few deep breaths, focus on my process goals or something or distract myself kind of wherever I am and get myself back in the moment. I don't stand there at the gate or two dogs out or whatever and go, I wonder if it's excitement or I wonder if it's nerves. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? No, I just take control and I say, okay, this is what we're doing. We're grounding ourselves. We're taking a deep breath. We're coming back to the moment. We're thinking about our plan. We're reconnecting to our dog. We're here now in the present moment because everything else, whether we're worried or whether we're excited, everything else is in the future and we can't do anything about it until we get there. And then it's not the future anymore. (laughs) It's the present still. Okay. So I want you to really let that sink in. And I really want you to give that a fair shot. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about is this phrase that I was using with my client the other day. And it was this concept of when your excitement and your fear sort of rub up against one another. Okay. And that's really what I've been describing is when you can have both things. You can be standing at the ring. Um, You can be both. You can be excited and nervous. Those can both exist. And the thing is, is by just immediately assuming it's nerves or, oh my God, I'm nervous. I'm going to fail. Like we make it, we make a choice. Okay. And instead it's this pie chart that's sort of malleable, malleable that, um, that you get to choose. And so I think sometimes what happens to us is we get excited to do something, to walk into a ring, to run, to whatever. And we feel the feeling in our stomachs or head or wherever we feel it. And we just name it as nerves when really it might have been excitement. Okay. And that's what I mean by when your fear or your excitement is rubbing up against the other right? Your excitement's rubbing up against your fear. And what's happening is it's actually triggering the fear, triggering the nerves, triggering the, the, oh my God, in the negative, not the, oh my God, in the positive. Okay. So sit with that for a second. I have a dog that needs my attention. (laughs) This is a shameless plug for my dogged planner. I created a planner, workbook, and journal designed just for handlers with big goals. It's been years in the making and it's finally available and I'm super proud of it. 
The link to learn more is in the show notes, but quickly, the Dogged Planner has goal setting pages, title tracking, a place to record health information, in-season date capture, notes pages, and monthly and weekly calendars. The workbook is everything except the calendar. And the journal is blank for seminar notes, rehab plans, training notes, agility stickers, or whatever else you may need. All are available on Amazon and are made to order. So if you're serious about slaying your goals this year, then you need the Dogged Planners. Okay, I'm back. And yes, I had to intervene because we almost had a squeaky toy as background music. Um, Okay, so remember what we said in the beginning, like kind of fear and excitement being the core of this. The next piece of this I want to talk about that is related is our energy. Okay, so one of the things I've said before is whether we're nervous or excited or whatever it is, or we just have a lot of energy, your energy has to have an outlet or it will find one on its own, (laughs) okay? So here's a great example of that is someone who is really nervous and then they end up getting really cranky and snapping at people. Are they mad? No, they're just nervous and their energy has to have an outlet, okay? Um, And, uh, you know, there are other ways that we do this. We get maybe short-tempered or we get have to pee a million times, right? Because having to pee is like an adrenaline release. So, you know, if you have to pee like 57 times before you run, it's, that's your energy having to go somewhere, right? So we want to really start to be more mindful of the energy that we bring to the ring, bring to our dogs. You know, if you've ever had to be like calm in like a wild situation or something, you know, that's an extreme, but that's an example of, okay, this person or this dog is getting hysterical. I need to be calm because me joining in the hysteria is not going to help, right? So that's kind of what I'm talking about. But when we're dealing with nerves and or excitement, we're really dealing with our energy that is kind of starting to run amok. And again, in terms of feeling in control, being confident, running with confidence, running in control, we need to remind ourselves that we can control our energy. And so whether that is, you know, some people need to take, you know, many deep breaths and calm down. There are other people who have to get themselves up, right? And for me on any given weekend, I, there's both that might have to happen for me. You know, I use the phrase, it has, it's kind of like a Goldilocks thing, right? Not too much, not too little. You got to find your just right. And everybody's just right is different, right? I need a little bit of uh, nerves or pressure or excitement or something just to bring me up a little bit. If I'm too relaxed walking into the ring, casual, no, it's not good. It's not good. It does not help me. Okay. Whereas other people I've talked to and be like, oh my God, I would kill to be casual or relaxed or whatever, whatever. Right. And that's why it's a Goldilocks problem, right? You have to find your just right. But what's happening too in that moment is we're not really taking control of our energy levels. And we're not like if it's a dial, a one to 10 sort of dial, we're not really in control. We're letting our amygdala again sort of run the show and decide for us that we're going to walk into the ring as a nine from an energy level perspective. The complexity we have in our particular sport is we've got a dog who also has their own energy levels, okay? And if you've ever tried to be the calm one for your team or hype up a dog who's like, I think I'll take a nap, you know? If you've ever been on either one of those sides, it's because you're at, maybe you're at an eight and your dog's at a two and you're like, oh, 
sister, we got to pick this up. We got to get some excitement going, right? And I talked about this in a previous podcast when I would, you know, hype up my dog and call her Sasha Fierce. And that was sort of our thing because she was a dog that needed to be hyped up. I was already there, right? I love to compete. I love to walk in the ring. I think it's fun. You know, I love to push myself and, and see what I can accomplish and and put myself in those kinds of situations. And she loves it too. She just loves it more casually, <laughs> right? Um, so we have to be cognizant not only of our own energy, but our dog's energy and how that the energy with our dog in that moment is meshing. Are you both at a five? Are you both at an eight? Or is one of you a two and one of you is an eight? You know, um, the people who, the and the other thing too, is we have dogs who push our buttons, right? We have the dog that's at an eight and we were like, can you please be a four? And they're like, nine, did I hear nine, 10, 11, you know? And so, and we're like, no, I said four, I said four, please just come down a notch. And so some of those dogs push our buttons, send us into a reactionary mode. And then suddenly we're in an, an different state or a different number than we want to be in. And maybe even it triggers us to be nervous. And then now we're forgetting what our plan was because they're pushing our buttons and they're pushing us into a place that we didn't want to be. Right? So it's one of those, again, it's one of those things where it's complicated (laughs) because it's all connected. But the good news is it's all connected, which means that we can take control over it and we can do something about it. So you know, from this angle of, do you want to do something first about how your stomach feels? Do you want to do something first about the energy between you and your dog? You have choices about how to come at this, right? And so that's the good news. When, when things are connected like this, that means you get to choose, you know, of what I've said, what resonates or what do you think is the easiest thing? Or did you resonate with like, yep, that's me. Sometimes my excitement rubs up against my nerves and all of a sudden I think I'm nervous when really I wasn't nervous, but my stomach thought I was, so then it all got twisted, right? So if that is the piece that resonated with you, then focus on that. Focus on really pulling apart what's excitement, what's nerves, and how you are going to respond. And can that become a a handling cue, a handling reminder for you that you need to be more grounded or commit more to your rituals or focus more on your process goals? Or does the thing I said about the energy relate more to you and you want to find a more happy medium or a compromise between you and your dog and really start to manage that connection? And how are you going to do that? And can, again, their excitement or their non-excitement and whatever, or your energy mismatch, however that is showing up, can that also become, instead of a moment to panic, become a, a handling reminder for you? right? And it's because as soon as it's a handling reminder, then we can do something about it, right? As soon as I'm looking at my dog, like lying down on the floor, you know, just chill, that's a handling reminder, like, oh, we're two more to go. I better, you know, play tug or do something or do something to get my dog excited. Again, no matter what ring you're at, right? Or you're going into obedience and your dog is over the top, you know, and you're like, okay, let's do some calm, focused, you know, warm up routines a little bit here, right? But it's that what happens is, is those two little examples and you're like, oh, I already do some of that. Mm -hmm. You are, you absolutely are, but I want them to be more conscious and more consistent 
And I want you to see these moments as not as nerves or something to worry about worrying. I want you to see them as handling reminders that you can intervene and that you know the tools, the steps, the tips, the breathing, the everything that you can do to adjust either your energy level or your nerves versus excitement, that sort of pie chart. Like your pie chart feels out of whack, you know, find your Goldilocks moment, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So this weekend, as you go off and do whatever fun thing you're doing this weekend, I want you to think about that. And I want you to be aware of when those feelings pop up, A, where do you feel it in your body? And B, what was your first, like, it's funny to say gut instinct if it's your stomach, but what was your gut instinct of what it meant? Like, what did it mean? Did it mean you were excited or did it mean you were nervous or did it mean something else or did it just mean your energy was out of whack or your dog did something to sort of push your buttons and trigger you into a reaction? Um, What did it mean? So as with all of this, just start with awareness, get more data, if you will, get more input and just figure out what does it mean and then what, and then remind yourself, I'm in control. I can do something about it. Okay. All right. Promise you'll try. (laughs) That's all I ask. Promise you'll try. Okay. As always, no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a great week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.